0: Vancouver needs more high-end development supply is the title we're going to go with today. As new stuff gets introduced in the high end, we pull those high net worth people out, leaving the regular people, for lack of better words, to fight over the regular stuff with a little less pressure. One, two, three, four, five, six points. Five of those points are all government influence that are adding an immense amount of time Cost and red tape to real estate in general. Hi guys, welcome again, I'm here solo week two. Ben claims he's on a plane home from jolly old England. I think he's already back and in bed, but we'll discuss that at length next week. Today we're gonna dive into a little uh, narrow channel into the market um, from the standpoint of supply. Uh, Ben and I have gone back and forth on this. What was the reason the market did what it did? What's the biggest fix? Is it supply, is it rate, so on and so forth. Um, But the supply, now the rates are going up and obviously the market is softening down. Um, I wanted to talk a bit more about supply because personally I haven't done so, but I want to talk about it from a little bit different perspective that we typically see it discussed. Um, Generally speaking, the, the narrative out there is we need more supply, A, we need more affordable supply, B, we need more social assisted supply, C depending how far down the, uh, the chain you wanna go. I'm gonna speak today obviously as we only do buying and selling with clients. Um, you can also apply this to um, renting. Just pretend I'm talking about rental supply and demand and it pretty much reflects the same thing. As we get into the back end of today's conversation, I've got a few key points that I'll go through, um, which again are are very tied to the rental market. So, um, Vancouver needs more high-end development supply is the title we're gonna go with today. So a couple caveats on that. Typically speaking, without third-party influences, and I know there's a million different levels to this, but typically speaking, low inventory equals increasing prices, rental or buying. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. Low inventory puts pressure on the inventory that is existing and the market festering over trying to get into that. And Vancouver we've seen uh, as a very busy market, very active market and has been for a very long time. So low inventory equals higher pricing and higher price increases. Um, And the opposite, high uh, inventory puts downward pressure on those numbers. So uh, another caveat I wanna go into here um, is high-end Vancouver needs more high-end developments what is high-end developments well everything's expensive of course it is but there's the expensive bulk core of the market and then there's actual high-end real estate Um, so high-end has a few aspects typically speaking uh, that start with location uh, design level of finish and another common, uh, common denominator is of course size so these much larger units you take the prices per foot you know how that all works Again, for both buying and selling and renting. So, uh, it's no surprise we need more inventory, but what type of inventory do we actually need? And today I'm gonna go into the case for uh, more higher end density, sorry, more higher end development needed as opposed to the more general uh, levels of inventory, level of quality inventory, I mean, uh, that we're getting. So, um, new, basically if we continue to add the same stock as we are into the bulk of the market the the center of the market is is the busiest as usual Um, so you've got the most people you've got the people that want to be conservative that have the money to go higher but will will stay in this market you've got the people from the bottom coming up that want to stretch and then you've got the people that are affording it so there's always the the busiest segment of the market Um, and that kind of center point of the market being just that you've got the most people attacking it um, so if we just continue to add generic product into the segment of the market that is the busiest It's just going to continue to be eaten up and festered over by that group now um, You forever another caveat have that group the fastest growing segment of any buying market um, Right now, especially with current governments, which we <laughs> I touched on last week. I got a lot of negativity on uh, for being Not a topic that is typically discussed for a variety of reasons. I'll let you look back at that. But uh, immigration numbers clearly not the only thing, but clearly put a lot of stress into the market. Um, I've got a little bit more finite detail on that at the end, but because of Cross province, BC is so beautiful, we've got all these amenities, people always want to come here, immigration, a large percentage come here, um, there's always a growing population and that bulk of the market is typically what gets hit with that growing population. Some are rich, some are poor, and a lot of them are, are working class people that can afford um, our crazy numbers, so yeah, that big pocket is forever growing. So if we just keep adding stock to that, it's just going to keep getting consumed and so forth. Uh, the Angle today I'm going to go at is if we add stock into the high end of the market, you're extracting those high net worth individuals that all the, we'll say normal income people in and around maybe just over average uh, income or well over average income for the country that are, that are in BC fighting for these places. Um, If you extract those high net worth individuals and give them their own new shiny thing to approach and look at and leave the kind of regular segment of the market alone, you're you're drawing out those people by way of new shiny thing for them to purchase uh, and not having them compete against the kind of average Joe uh, purchaser and the bottom line guys trying to come up just to... uh, get into the market in a, in, a, in a general sense here. So if we do not build that high-end stuff and we do not increase the high-end net product in the city, you've still got those high net worth individuals competing um, with the people that are trying to come up. They're the ones that can afford to overpay. They're the ones that can afford to win in multiple offers. Again, buying and renting um, and do so. So if basically we give them the big new shiny thing to go towards uh, and purchase. Uh, it will take that money and that market pressure out and give them that new thing. And keep in mind, as new inventory is built, um, specifically in the high end, everything else becomes older. So if I buy something in 1990, and then we're in 1998, Uh, If we've done no more high-end product, that 1990 inventory is still the highest end we've got. If we're increasing that high-end product, we're now driving those high-net-worth people out, uh, and that 1990 product is just another 10-year-old product, or eight-year-old product now, uh, and it falls back into the, the normal segment as these properties continuously age, of course. So the caveat there, As new stuff gets introduced in the high end, we pull those high net worth people out, leaving the regular people, for lack of better words, to fight over the regular stuff with a little less pressure. Um, And again, as that development grows, the general value proposition of the entire segment or the entire, I guess, portfolio will increase over time as well um, from a high end perspective down. Um, An example of this, uh, during COVID, obviously, we saw new car uh, purchases were dramatically dropped because there was no new car. There were supply chain issues, there were chip shortages, so on and so forth. So what happened to the used inventory? They went through the roof. Um, so as those people that could afford and wanted to afford the new inventory couldn't, they either did nothing and stayed stagnant and kept their used cars out of the inventory pool or they bought used And of course, that was the majority of the circumstance as we saw used car prices go through the roof. So it all comes back again to the very simple supply and demand, um, but it's what type of supply are we giving that supply and demand equation. Um, The next aspect of this is uh, a lot of people when they don't like what's going on, especially at these levels of of real estate and so forth, they want the government to get involved, Um, the government always does more harm than good as we've seen Uh, and I just want to highlight a few points on um, influences of affordability in the housing market as well. Um, So a big aspect like I talked about earlier uh, and I talked about last week, massive immigration targets. Personally I think immigration is great, we need it, Um, but in 2021 for example the immigration target was Uh, I believe they brought in 405,000, 17% of which came to BC. Is that an accurate number? Is it more? Is it less? I don't know, but that's the posted number, so we'll just go with that. Uh, That's 68,000 people last year alone coming to the province. Um, We know that over the years, these immigration targets have gone up. Uh, Over the years, red tape has only gone up, Uh, more bureaucracy added into the system uh, and people voting for the government to come in and get their hands on it, giving them more powers to add bureaucracy and red tape to the system. So there is in no possible world that we can build equally as quick or faster than simply this one metric of the immigration numbers coming in. So already with that influence taking place, there's massive pressure on the domestic market to the tune of 68,000 people. It's just not happening. Currently speaking, I mean, you've got, uh, again, speaking of other uh, third-party influences, obviously the cost of lumber, the cost of labor, the labor shortage, um, and that's a whole cycle in itself, the labor shortage, because people don't want to come here and work because they can't afford it, and, and so on and so forth. So that's the first big influence on pricing, and that's 100% government-driven and narrated. They can choose to push that lever down or, or pull it back. Um, cheaper mortgage rates. Everyone's got cheap money now, so everyone can afford the 800,000, the 900,000, the million. What does that do? Pushes prices up. The more money everyone's got in their pockets, the higher the prices will go. Again, 100% government narrated thing. They can pump the brakes, which they finally have now, and the reason uh, the market is slowing, or they can lever it back and push the money out, as we saw at the beginning of COVID in a massive way, Everyone's flush with cash and they're gonna spend it. So again, point two, cheap rates, cheap money, completely government influence. Point three, extremely tight local zoning bylaws. Um, I've had a few conversations with people in the last couple days about, for example, zoning in in Japan, a vastly more dense dense population than, than we have. Um, Their zoning is very fluid in the sense that you can have a commercial building beside a residential building, beside a high rise, beside a single family house. Um, Here, everything's mapped out, everything is tight. They're slowly giving more flexibility, laneway houses and all this sort of stuff. But the zoning red tape is massive in the restriction of what can be built. Um, And again, this is a unique zoning type because you can get way more density, so that pushes the price up uh, if zoning types had much more flexibility. My belief is that things would would tone down based on just lot values alone. 100% government influenced again. uh, Excessive red tape from city hall and building practices. Um, I read that they just took out the view cone prerequisites uh, that the city requires for, for building. The shadowing maps, there's all these layers of things. Are they good or bad? We're not here to discuss that, but it's many layers of red tape that developers have to go through and it dramatically slows and limits the development process. Completely municipal based again, all government restriction. Um, Developer cost charges, community contributions. When a developer builds a building, uh, he's not just building the building for himself and his clients, he is giving money to the city, redoing, uh, updating sewage lines updating water lines updating roads sidewalks all these things whatever loopholes the municipality wants the government or sorry the developer to go through paying local um community groups i've heard it it just gets crazy so again municipal red tape government red tape slowing down uh the process and more importantly adding cost to the developer where the hell do you think that cost gets born in an inflated sales price from the developer to you, the purchaser, bringing the prices up. So, um, the last influence that's been discussed about lately, personally, I've only seen a little bit of knowledge on this, um, not a lot, but corporations purchasing mass uh, units to turn into rentals. Uh, I've seen and heard a lot of this happening in the States, I've seen develop- I've heard of developers doing this here, but not their Blackrocks and all that sort of stuff. Uh, from the research I've done, which I'm not saying is, is the be all and end all, but I don't see this as a massive aspect, I'm sure it's happening. Um, but again, we do need rental stock and the corporations like the REITs and these big developers for example. I'm one based out of Toronto that that came across the country and bought a a large handful of inventory single-family product that they were going to renovate and rent out. Um, We we also have a very big issue with rental inventory. So I'm of the belief that those guys are creating strictly rental. um, So it's a good thing. But again, the percentages I, I uh, I don't have. So one, two, three, four, five, six points. Five of those points are all government influence that are adding an immense amount of time, cost, and red tape to real estate in general. Other government influenced uh, activities vacancy, home, vacancy tax, home, uh, empty homes tax, speculation tax. Personally, I'm of the belief that just throwing a tax on something is a lazy approach. I know they say, well, we win if we get more money off of the foreign buyers or the speculators if they decide to do that or, or whatnot. Um, I don't trust that the money's going wherever they may tell us it's going um, and that it's going to something of use. I hear a lot about government salaries increasing as opposed to all that speculation taxed up put right into this uh, rental development to create more inventory and so forth. I know that was the original uh, note but hate me for it but I don't trust the government whatsoever and I don't trust any of their finances and I think that's just an excuse to get more money in the bank and then they do whatever the hell they want with it but I could be wrong so those things yes those are are putting inventory back into the market which at the end of the day is is a good thing so a few more suggestions we've heard of to try and tone down the market banning corporate ownership as in big corporations, not personal mom and pops, but big corporations buying. Again, I think we need that rental inventory and I personally think that's a good thing. Um, Banning multiple home ownership by people. Uh, Again, the mass majority of that, people are gonna assume is sitting vacant. That's definitely not the case. Those people are creating rentals, obviously for all the domestic people here and the majority abroad, I'm sure. the value of the asset is to create cash flow. And I think the mass majority of people are doing that, renting them out. So creating rental stock um, and banning speculation. I don't really have a a plus side to speak on speculation. We can say it's a free market. We can try and make money however we want. Real estate can be part of that. But that I don't think is gonna be the end of the world. Um, In conclusion, basically the amount of government intervention here is a massive burden on the cost factor of real estate. Um, It puts the cost simply through the roof because it adds so many layers of costs to the builder. I mean, even the buyer, property transfer tax, um, GS all these things. So the government intervention, as usual, is never a positive thing at this level. I mean, maybe at bigger world levels of life possibly, um, but definitely not at this level. Um, It's simply adding more red tape, Um, I I believe they should be spending more time on trying to attract higher paying jobs uh, to the province than trying to limit any real estate flexibility. I mean that at the end of the day, we all try and say, uh, I mean everyone I think is is comfortably looking at the metric of cost of real estate to cost of income, which detached many moons ago uh, here in BC and of course in, in Ontario. Um, So I I, I believe that that should be the metric, of course. Um, I do believe owning is a luxury, personally. I don't believe that home ownership is a a right and you've got the flexibility to rent or own and you're simply part of a a merit-based economic system here um, that we live in and if you can afford it, you can afford it, if you can't, you can't. That sucks obviously, but I think the government's intervention in all of this would be much better spent and much more beneficial to the collective of all of us here in the province and specifically the city of Vancouver if they made efforts to get more jobs here, higher paying jobs here and grow the jobs market as opposed to try and burden down the real estate market. I hope that was remotely clear. Um, I know that's not gonna sit well with a lot of people, but I think extracting the highest end out of the market by giving them new high-end inventory options is a key aspect that could very well benefit, um, could very well work. I know it's not one that's been focused on exclusively. The rich guy is the enemy here in the city it seems, Um, but I think there is merit to this angle of extracting them out. So you don't have those heavy hands of more than willing to uh, Play the game and outbid everyone because they simply can, uh, especially when all these outside forces and the government are against you anyway. I will see you next week with Ben, thank you for your comments below, I look forward to engaging with you there, like and subscribe, and we'll see you soon, bye for now.